the Mindful Rancher podcast. I'm your host, Christina Williams. This is a podcast where I combine the world of agriculture and the ideas of life coaching. So if you're looking to up-level your agriculture career or simply want to find a way to enjoy this beautiful industry more, then saddle up. Let's make this happen together. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 102. Thanks for joining me here today. I'm currently reading the book No Bad Parts by Richard C. Schwartz. And this is a book on the internal family systems model, which I found incredibly interesting. So for the next two weeks, I'm going to share a couple of quotes and then talk about how similar our internal world can be to our external world and how you can choose whether you want to try to apply some of these concepts in your own internal world or if you want to apply them in your external world. But I just found it incredibly fascinating how similar some of the pieces are. And so however you want to apply or think about the idea, you can kind of transfer it between those two different worlds. So let me see if I can give you a super high level explanation of internal family systems. And then if it sounds interesting to you, you can go back and check out the book. So on a very, very basic level, the internal family systems model is that we are all kind of made up of parts. So similar to how your family is all made up of different people and different personalities, the concept is is that your mind in a similar way is all made up of these parts. Now, not to the extreme level of personality, disorders where we have certain personalities completely taking over and managing things but we all have these sub personalities within ourselves and now we go through things in life and things will happen to these certain sub personalities or parts of ourselves and parts of our minds might get injured or we might kind of exile or hate a part of ourselves and then other parts kind of take over the role of protecting them. And this internal family system model is just a theory of ways of working through kind of a therapy of connecting all your parts back to your true self. And so that's a very probably poor, very basic explanation of the internal family systems. But if that sounds even interesting to you, it's really it's a really interesting book and it's a really interesting concept. And I've really found that applying that concept in kind of the right places in my life has been incredibly powerful it's also something that you can work with a therapist on that can be really really helpful in trying to make sense of some of the experiences that have happened to us or how we react to things or if we want to change them or if we want to become better so there was one part of this that i found really interesting and it's because it's one of the exact same concepts that I've learned in coaching, and it's all about the concept of love. So this is the quote from the book. Basically, what I have found is that love is the answer in the inner world, just as it is in the outer world. Listening to, embracing, and loving parts allows them to heal and transform as much as it does for people. And so I just adore this concept because it matches up with a lot of the coaching that I've worked on and we come back to that concept of love is the answer. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. So when we talk in weight loss coaching, to give you an example, we'll often say that 
you have to learn to love your body just the way it is. And as you learn to love your body the way it is, it allows you to transform from a place of love. And often when we don't love our bodies exactly how they are, like at the heavier weight, if we're trying to lose weight, then we actually often don't have the ability to change or we do the change from a very white knuckling forceful place and it's not a change that's sustainable because the change isn't fueled by love it's fueled by a hatred and where when we are hating ourselves where we're at we really struggle a lot more than if we can come to this place and that is completely opposite of how most of us think we think well if I love this then I won't change it but the truth is is change often comes a lot faster from a place of love than change that is coming from a place of hate or really disliking something and so it's so interesting for us to try to do that flip like whether we're talking about kind of the internal parts of us the parts of us that might get angry or frustrated or lash out at people or might flip into rage what would we do if we loved those pieces of ourselves and would we be able to transform them into being the parts of us that we really appreciate and can more readily use in a more productive way than hating them and trying to exile them and keep them away from us. And so I think the three things that are in that quote, that we can use them as stepping stones for us to learn to love either our internal personality traits or things that are physically outside of us, other people or physically our own bodies. And so they are the three and these are the three. One is listening to, number two is embracing, and number three is loving. And so let's think about listening to. How often do you really listen to yourself? Like how often do you listen to the part of you that's getting really angry? What does that part of you have to say? Or how often do you really listen to your body about what it's indicating is really helpful for it or really good for it or the things that it's saying, hey, please stop that. That's not good for me and I'm not responding well to it. Even go to other people. How often are you actually listening to other people? Most of us don't listen. Most of us are very, very poor at listening. We're listening to respond. We're listening to prove that we're right but we're not just listening to actually hear what the other person has to say. And so whether you're applying this concept of listening like internally to yourself and to your own mind, if you're listening to your own body or if you are actually listening to other people, the art of listening is incredibly powerful. And so I want you to really take some little bit of time. So really take some time with that and observe. Observe and see how you listen to yourself and see what you're saying, okay? listen to your rants. This is one of my favorite things to actually do is listen to my own rants because they're hilarious. Like the amount of like extremism thinking, the nevers, this never happens, this always happens, this person's always like that. Like they're funny. It's funny to see myself go into a rant. At least I think it's kind of hilarious. At least observing it, being in a rant isn't funny. But observing yourself rant can be quite hilarious, the arguments that you come up with. Listen to your pain. Listen to your joys. Listen to your anger. Listen to your own conversations that are going on in your head. 
then listen to other people. Listen to their rants and see what they say. Listen to the conversations that they're having. Listen to the things that they will tell you if you simply just take the time to listen to them. That's what most people want is they just want to be listened to. And I think whether we're talking and we're thinking about our own minds, I think so often our own mind just wants to be listened to. And if we'll listen to it, it'll tell us a lot of things. And then we can distinguish between the things that we want to take action on and the things that we don't. It's the same thing with other people. They really want to be listened to. You want to hear all the things that other people are thinking are truths. Like listening to exactly how someone else views the world is actually fascinating. I feel like it's one of the best privileges of being a coach is actually getting the opportunity to truly listen to someone. It's like hold the space where they can say anything and you just get to listen to how they're seeing the world. It's very interesting also to listen to what people are worried about. And listening seems so simple, and we've been told to listen ever since our parents were trying to get us to do something as a small child, or our teachers just wanted us to understand a new concept. We've been told millions of times to listen, yet I think it's something that I and others probably struggle with. And what are we really missing out because we're not listening? So experiment with this this week. This is the very first thing of these three things, is really listening. Hear what you are saying because what you are saying is just as important as what someone else might be saying. And then listen to what other people are saying. It might take a bit of practice, but it's a really cool thing to be the person that's the most interested and not worry about being the person that's the most interesting. So when you really get interested in other people, they'll respond so differently to you. And I think that's true about ourselves. Like when we really start listening to the parts of us that are angry, listening to the parts of us that are sad, listening to the parts of us that are joyful, we become the person that is most interested and we don't have to worry so much about being the person that is most interesting. So honestly, I sometimes love to see the different things that I will come up with when I listen to myself. Like I say, my rants, I find the funniest. I find it so interesting when I get bought into an idea and quite interesting like how I formulate my own arguments. And arguments I'm not having with somebody else, like I'm literally having this argument in my head with someone else, but they're not privy to the argument. And I found that when I listen, I can find the truths. I can find the exaggerations. It allows me the space to acknowledge what the experience is for me. And then I can actually make better decisions going forward. And it all started with listening. Now, the next piece of this was embracing. So one thing that has really helped me the most with embracing the parts of myself that I struggle with and accepting and embracing the parts of other people that I struggle with is to try and look for intention. Now, a lot of our prickly parts have a really good protecting or perfectionistic or like a do a good job intention and so they come from a really good intended place but they sometimes just do it in a really difficult to swallow manner and so if I can sometimes embrace the intention it can really help me on being like okay that person outside of me they had a good intention they did it in a really crappy way same thing for myself had a good intention, 
but did it for in a really crappy way. And the minute I can kind of accept that little piece of it, like, hey, I'm okay that I did this because of the intention that was behind it. It's just one little hack that you can sometimes use to just get yourself to just open up and love the intention of certain things. And then also it starts to grow from there. And so listening to and embracing things will lead to loving them. And now all of this has a big impact on us. And it also has a big impact on other people. I wanted to read one more quote from the book. And this is it. It says, if we can appreciate and have compassion for our parts, even the ones that we've considered to be enemies, we can then do the same for other people who resemble them. On the other hand, if we have disdain for our parts, we will do the same for anyone else that reminds us of them. This veneer theory of controlling the primitive can be applied not only to the impulses, but also to people. One theme of this book is how we think about and relate to the inhabitants of our own inner worlds translates directly to how we think about and relate to people. If we live in fear of striving to control certain parts of us, we will do the same to people who resemble those parts. And that's the end of the quote. And this just shows us the power of accepting ourselves allows us so much more power in accepting other people. So I want you to just consider and stew on these concepts a little bit. I think we've got some really good action items around listening both to ourselves and the message that we have within our inner worlds and also listening to other people. We have a lot of opportunity to find some curiosity, some compassion, and love for ourselves in the different emotions that we have that we've heard here now allows us to have that same curiosity, compassion, and love for other people that might act in the same way. And so in coaching, we'll often say, love is always the answer and it's always the best answer. And so I want you to consider the situations that you find yourself in. Consider the people that you're surrounded by. Consider yourselves. Look for those opportunities to listen. Look for those opportunities to embrace And look for opportunities for curiosity and really look for ways to love. Now, like we've talked about, this can be in our internal worlds or this can be in our external world. And so often an effect in one will trigger an effect in the other. And so you can kind of start to play and apply some of these concepts. And what I really love about this is we sometimes get this really closed view of what that means when I say love is always the answer and it's always the best answer. But I really want you to consider what does love look like for me in this situation? What does love look like for another person in this situation? And sometimes if you're struggling with this, you can be like, okay, what would I tell my best friend? And sometimes that just gives us an open door into what love would really look like. And sometimes love does look like defending people. Sometimes love does look like anger. Sometimes love does look like being passive. Like love can look like a lot of different things. And so when we open up that opportunity, we can see that love can look very different. And as we can start to play around with this about really understanding and loving the different parts of ourselves, listening to those different parts of ourselves, and also listening to those other parts of other people. 
it'll be a fascinating week if you'll just play around with a few of those concepts and you'll probably learn so much more as you become the most interested person in the room and not worry about being the most interesting. I'm so grateful that Ed Milet taught me that concept because it's really helped me kind of shift where I don't have to worry about being interesting. I just have to worry about being interested. So take some time this week, just play around with some of these concepts, see if you find more opportunity to listen, embrace, and ultimately love. It'll be fun. Have a wonderful week. For listening, my friends. If you enjoy this episode, please leave me a rating and review wherever you get podcasts and stay tuned for more weekly episodes and coaching offers and opportunities.